1: Here we go. Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Happy weekend, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly. Greetings from Studio B on campus at the headquarters of the Saints and Pelicans. We've got a great show to wrap up our week of podcasts, and uh, we'll get things started here in just a moment with a visit to the NFL Scouting Combine. We'll talk NBA with David Aldridge, and we'll look back on last night's nice win for the Pelicans over the Oklahoma City Thunder to start this uh, two-game homestand. I'm Sean Kelly. Again, we're all excited about the weekend, I'm sure. And um, the weather's going to be fantastic, it looks like. It's a beautiful sunny day here in New Orleans. For those of you outside of our metro area, um, we are savoring it here as we really get ready to wind down February as well. I mean, shoot, we have one more black and blue report in February, and that's because of the leap year on Monday. Uh, and we'll have a special show on Monday, too. I'll, I'll let you uh, know a little more about that before we wrap up things here uh, in this session. Uh, but as I mentioned, we've got Hall of Famer David Aldridge with us today. Uh, of course, he writes the morning tip for NBA.com, and he's an, a reporter and analyst for NBA TV and the NBA on TNT. Uh, we caught up with him earlier in the week in Washington, D.C., and uh, we wanted to share that visit with you today and uh, certainly want to talk a lot of basketball after what was a lot of fun at the Smoothie King Center last night. The Pelicans beat the uh, Thunder 123-119. to 119. We're talking about one of the elite teams in the NBA uh, you get them in your place and, uh, and take care of business. And it was a very balanced attack, led by Anthony Davis, who had 30 points. But then Dante Cunningham had 10 very important points, 12 for Tony Douglas. And then big nights again from Drew Holiday and Ryan Anderson off the bench. They combined for 48 points off the bench. Uh, the Pelicans just obliterated the Thunder bench. And Norris Cole uh, won seven 7-14 to, seven to 14 last night, 2-3 of three from uh, three-point range. And ended up with 21 points, so five shy of his career high. Coach Gentry was extremely pleased with uh, the 29 assists. This is in regulation, just in, you know, not an overtime game. 29 assists on 47 made field goals, uh, 12 threes in 20 attempts last night. And um, despite Russell Westbrook's 44 points and Kevin Durant's 32, the Pelicans are a winner at a sold-out Smoothie King Center. All right, game two of the homestand is tomorrow night. Uh, That's a 6 p.m. tip-off against the Minnesota Timberwolves. There's a lot of stuff going on with regard to that game. You want to make sure you check out Pelicans.com for more information on that. We we, uh, were treated yesterday uh, by head coach Sean Payton, who uh, did speak with Pro Football Talk and NFL Network. But um, other than that, uh, it's John DeShazer who has the visit uh, with Saints head coach Sean Payton up at the NFL Combine. That's a part of our podcast here today. You can also see the video of it at NewOrleansSaints.com. So well, with, with that being said, um, we want to take our first break, and we'll bring John DeShazer in from Indianapolis, get the latest on what's going on there today, and have him preview that interview with Sean Payton before we play. David Aldridge still to come as well. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue in just a moment. If you haven't
0: experienced our new and improved Sideline Premier Seats, then you'll want to check them out. Offering the closeness to the action but full vantage point of the court, it's a great opportunity to entertain clients, associates, and friends. Sideline Premier Seat ticket packages include parking, food and beverage credit, access to private clubs, and more. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to learn more about these premium seating options today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer.
1: John DeShazer's been at the NFL Scouting Combine all week up in Indianapolis. He uh, makes a return visit here to the Black and Blue Report on this Friday. His work doesn't end till tomorrow, but because this is our last podcast of the week, this will be our final check-in, I guess, with you, J.D. Hello once again, my friend.
2: How you guys doing? Hope everything is well. Uh, everything's going good here in Indy.
1: Yeah, tell us about the day-to-day. I think things have really ramped up, haven't they?
2: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, now you get to the uh, the on-field drills, so that you know that's what everybody, you know, that's the sexy part of it, where guys run their 40s and you know do their uh, cone drills and their splits and all those kinds of things. So that's the sexy part of it. I mean, they've already done the weightlifting, and so now you get an opportunity to see these guys, you know, run. We saw them, you know, some of them did some weigh-ins today because players are still getting in. I think the defensive back have not arrived yet. Uh, I think they don't arrive until tomorrow, so they'll do their weigh-ins and all those segments, and I think they don't actually run until maybe Sunday. That kind of thing. Today the offensive linemen and running backs are doing their 40s. Uh, tomorrow is probably going to be the linebackers and defensive linemen. So you, know, you get the segments and your shifts, but again, you get a chance to see all these guys and kind of in person and, and get a look at them more than anything.
1: Tell me about offensive linemen running the 40. John, is it very Chariots of Fire-like, or is there some other nuance that I should be aware of?
2: Uh, no, I would I would say Cherry Sapphire is being uh, is being generous, and uh, <laughs> but I think a lot of it. If you talk to um, any of these coaches, really, they're saying you know you're not going to base much of what you're doing in evaluation on these guys 40 times and those kinds of things. You got a ton of film on them. This is an opportunity basically to to gain some medical information and as much as anything to see a guy in person. You want to see if a guy you know comes in and shape, and most of them do because they go to all these specialized. Uh, academies and whatnot, and they've got all these special training sessions, and you know, they train specifically to run the 40. They train specifically to do a bench press. They train specifically for a vertical jump. So, so very few of these guys are going to come in out of shape. But if you have an lineman or a linebacker or, or a running back, anybody who comes in out of shape, that makes you question them because you're saying, okay, this is you know your profession. You say you love this, and yet you won't take care of your body. When you come in, you won't be presentable for this job interview, you know, you won't be at peak efficiency. Now, if you're injured, that's one thing maybe you can't work out. But If you are a guy who's not injured and you come in a little flabby or a little slow, you know, that might raise a red flag because, you know, again, these guys are saying, you know, if you want this to be efficient and you, pro- and you proclaim to love it, then you got to make sure that you come in and, and peak physical condition for this job interview. You might not interview particularly well, but certainly you can look the part. And so if you don't look the part, and that's not going to be good. But, you know, running the 40-yard dash, again, that's the sexy part of the combine. But really, only for skilled guys. And even the skilled guys will get a pass on it because basically coaches will say, okay, how fast does he play on tape? How fast is he in pads? Because sometimes that functional football speed is different than the straight-line 40 speed. So, you know, you have to go through all those kinds of things. You want to see what a guy does on tape more than anything.
1: Very valid. No doubt about that. J.D., whether it has to do with the Saints or across the league, um, what's been noteworthy for you, or at least in your estimation, here over the last two days coming out of the NFL scouting combine? Well, I
2: think I I really didn't realize how much they put into the mental aspect of it because they have so much game film on these guys already. They really value what they get out of these guys in these interviews, and these are short periods of time, uh, the formal interviews, began last night and they're only fifteen minute uh... interviews and basically it's like speed dating but you know during that interview process you know your position coach from that particular team if you got an offensive lineman or whoever it is you bring in that you know position coach he puts some things on the chalkboard says okay you know memorize this and you know i'm gonna quiz you on it and they you know, got to see what what the retention is what the ability is to learn and memorize and that kind of thing so I think the mental aspect of it is so huge here. I don't know. We put so much on the physical about, you know, the underwear Olympics and guys running the 40. But really, when you get here, you find out it's much more mental than it is physical.
1: Yeah, good point. Uh, you, uh, you had a chance to visit yesterday with Saints head coach Sean Payton. We're going to play that interview here in just a moment. Can you perhaps set it up for us, J.D., uh, give, us the, give us the right lens to look through it with? Well, you know, we just
2: wanted to see what he was, you know, had to say, you know, specifically about a couple of players, uh, a couple of tenure guys who have been vital parts of, of his tenure with the Saints. You know, Jari Evans and Marcus Colson. We know Jari Evans has been released. We've heard the rumors that Marcus Colson has also, but you know, that remains to be seen. And also just, you know, what they're looking for here at the combine because, you know, the really the, the format doesn't change. It's always difficult. To find the right guy because you know the tangibles you can always see you can see how fast a guy can run you can see how big he is you can see how well he takes care of himself but the intangibles you know whether or not he can fit in whether or not he's smart whether or not he's a good teammate those are the things they're looking for so those are some of the things we talked about
1: okay all right without further ado here's John DeShazer head coach Sean Payton coach we're here at the nfl combine but obviously there's always off
3: the field news uh, especially in the off season. some difficult decisions that have to be made <clears throat> including guys like jari evan uh, marcus colston uh, just give us your status on that and, and what goes into those that process and how difficult is it to make those decisions
4: well you're, you're talking about two unique unique uh, players special people to our program um, guys that were in our first draft class and I would say the pillars of, of, of a lot of the success we've had. Uh, Jari, who came here as a fourth-round draft pick, immediate starter. Um, he's he's going to be a Hall of Fame candidate-type player. I mean that that's that's uh, his numbers speak for themselves. And then with all that Marcus has accomplished, and Marcus officially, uh, nothing's happened with yet. And uh, I think you know here in the next week or two. Um, We'll have a little bit more closure on that. But uh, they're, they're too, for me, as a head coach, to have an opportunity to work with guys like that, uh, I've been real fortunate. And they've been, they've been nothing but uh, consummate professionals.
3: Now, moving on to this draft class. Obviously, last year's draft class, I think the consensus a successful draft class uh, seemed to get you back kind of on track to where you want to be in terms of culture in the locker room and the kind of guys you want to add to the roster. Are you looking for those kind of similar guys here in 2016?
4: Yeah I mean there's some traits that we just can't compromise and and you know finding guys that uh are team oriented uh guys that are driven to be be special players um guys that understand that the the time and commitment it takes really to to have success in our league uh I think it's a it's a it's a fairly deep draft at some some positions specifically the defensive line um you know later in the week we'll have a chance to see these guys and we have to improve our defense and so the six picks that we have this year uh we've got to be spot on with them
3: you talked more about how uh, mentally it's good to get guys and evaluate them in the interview process is that becoming more important because you know a lot of times you get to see guys on pro days you already have a ton of film on everybody so getting a chance to interview them being more important now
4: yeah i think um the first thing is i think a lot of people don't realize that the initial intent of the combine was to combine medical information and you know there was a time when teams were visiting various players and and it wasn't very efficient so the very number one goal is to combine all the medical information bring the prospects in and try to get a a thorough medical exam on each player Um, the second thing then becomes some of the position work that they do drill work and of course, I think more formally in the last seven or eight years has been this interview process in this 15-20 minute time frame, and even outside the interview process of trying to, you know, get an idea if a player learns a certain way, how quickly does he learn, what's his makeup like. I think that's uh, that's always a challenge because look, these guys are coached up and they're well schooled, and you know, sometimes you'll sit in an interview and feel like you're getting a pageant answer from Miss Texas, <laughs> yeah. so. Uh, that time is important, and you know, getting to know the prospect.
3: Yeah. Now you mentioned uh, defensive line being a, a deep position in this draft, and the team needing defensive help. Uh, does that put you in a position where, when you make your picks, you know, you go for a guy who might fit the need more so, or are you still looking for that best available?
4: I think this to that question it comes up every year. Um, every once in a while, a magnet sits there uniquely in a different spot, and you, you've always got to pay attention to that. And, and that would be the best available player. Um, and then when, I don't know the two players are exactly alike, but when you got a clump of players and you feel like the grades are similar, the convictions are similar, um, then you'd probably lean a little bit more towards the need if you felt like uh, they were very close. Mm-hmm.
3: Talk some about last year's draft class. I mean, a lot of those guys panned out and played immediately and gave great contributions.
4: Well, we, we played. More rookies uh, last season than any other team in the league. And I, and I think that, look, you go through some growing pains when you do that. Um, but I think Andrews Pete, uh, we're going to see a lot more from him uh, specifically in year two. And then um, Steph Anthony obviously was a starter for us for the season. How Kikaha played quite a bit. Toll will be coming back off of injury. PJ will be coming back off of injury. Uh, we were excited about, um, you know, some of the the latter part of that draft when when you see guys uh, like Swan come in and play the nickel, Um, Garrett's a a young prospect that we're working with the quarterback. You know, there are a lot of things that are exciting and yet there's a lot of improvement that we've got to make, not specifically with that class, but with our team.
3: How difficult is it to gauge your progress when you have to turn the roster over as much as you guys have?
4: You know, it's kind of today's game. Um, It's 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 always a little bit more difficult when it involves a player like Jari, or potentially a guy like Marcus, um, because, and those are, 10-year guys that were day one. Uh, you know, we could spend a, a whole other segment specifically on their contributions. And a guy like Roman Harper, who's now at Carolina, um, those are all guys that that we built a program around. And uh, you know, you're forever really indebted to to players like that.
1: John, good stuff as always. If you'll now describe for us, uh, you know, obviously what you'll be looking at, say, in the next 24 hours before you leave the combine and head back to New Orleans. Well,
2: I'm going to try to check out some of the defensive linemen and linebackers because even though you you don't necessarily know who the Saints are going to pick, but a chance to see all of these guys, you know, it might trigger something once they do and say, "Okay, I remember him from the combine. I remember he did this or that." But again, mostly it goes back to the to the game tape. I mean, you want to, you know, hopefully. I have seen something on these guys to see whether or not they can be productive players, and certainly you know whether or not they're going to fit in with the Saints culture. I think they, you know they admittedly got away from that culture uh, the last couple of years, and they got back to it last year with last year's rookie class. And so I feel like they you know they now understand more so than, than ever the formula of the guy that you're looking for, not just physically but mentally, and whether or not they can fit in also. So I think they really you know, are getting back to that kind of guy.
1: One more thing. I think you had the chance yesterday to get a behind-the-scenes look with one of those position coaches. That was John Morton, the re- wide receivers coach for the New Orleans Saints. How'd that go, J.D.?
2: Yeah, we've been hanging out with, uh, with Johnny Moe, as the coaches call him, uh, for, for a couple of days now. and it, It's been interesting. I mean, he's been you know, kind of the lead guy and telling us you know, what they're looking for and, and, and the process. And really, it's, you know, I don't want to call it a, 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 a mundane process, but really it's, it's a lot of not inactivity, but it's a lot of, you know, preparation going into, you know, what's going to be done because you get so limited exposure to these guys. Like I said, right now they're on the field running for your audacity, so you can't interview them. You know, this is the, the only access they're going to have to to see these guys until later on this afternoon when they get some more interviewers in. I think they did six formal interviews last night. I think the Saints are going to do more interviews tonight, obviously, and then in the coming days. So, you know, I wanna I don't know how exactly how many guys they're gonna end up interviewing but they did six last night. So if they if they keep on that pace, you know, it'll be around thirty or you know, forty maybe that they'll interview here and then you get into the process of the guys that you can bring to your facility. You know, you have thirty visits that you can do at your facility and those kind of things. So you know, but following Coach around has given us an opportunity just to kind of get a mindset of, you know, what it is he's looking for in a receiver, what it is he's looking for and this kind of stuff. How he how he participates in the interview process.
1: That's all, man. I've I've learned a lot, JD, and I appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us this week. Uh, safe travels back home later tomorrow. Uh, enjoy the rest of the combine, and uh, I'll look forward to seeing you back on the Pelicans broadcast here coming up.
2: Well, I'm for, you know I'm looking forward to getting back to us. You know, there's a couple of uh, what I think is you know could be huge, huge things happen. Obviously, Anthony Davis with the 59 and 20 game, and then uh, the, the the win over Oklahoma City. And you see games like that, man, you say, man, the Falcons are right where – it's right there at their fingertips if they can just mm-hmm. keep playing that way. So, hopefully, the consistency is going to come out of these last 20-plus games.
1: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You'll be along for the ride here coming up uh, after the weekend. So, we'll look forward to that. That's John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. Look for all of his work there on the team's website. It will be ongoing throughout to the rest of the NFL scouting combine. We're going to talk basketball with uh, – David Aldrich here coming up in just a moment. He's our guest as we continue on this Friday. The
0: Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. And don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center, Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. You owe it to yourself
2: and your home to call Terminex. I'm Vincent Palumbo. Whether you need a lifetime termite damage guarantee or hassle-free pest control service, we do it all.
4: And I'm Ed Martin, Terminex entomologist. We have developed a convenient pest control system where we're scheduled in your home only twice a year. We attack bugs outside where they live. Call 834-7330 for guaranteed control of any pests or termites. Terminix does it all.
0: Punt, pass, kick, and dunk.
1: Climb to the rim. Alley-oop dunk. Anthony Davis.
0: This is the Black and Blue Report.
1: The morning tip on NBA.com is required reading. It's written by David Aldridge. Who's our guest and also an analyst and reporter for the Turner family of networks? Good to see. You. I love coming to your town. You know,
5: you—you—that you, was perfect the way you introduced me. So many people say, "Well, what, what should I call you?" That was perfect. Is that okay, perfect.
1: You yeah. wear so many hats. Yeah, uh, I, I just—I thought I'd get a couple of them. Yeah, oh, b- bills are big.
5: Yes. I got a lot of bills to pay, so I do a lot of stuff. It's okay.
1: Who's the biggest basketball fan in Washington D.C.? David Aldridge or President Barack
5: Obama? You know what? It's funny. I did. We talked to him on opening night in Chicago. And normally, when you talk to politicians, it's really bad because they don't know anything. This
1: guy was telling me what was going on. It was unbelievable. He really knows his stuff. How much do? You, how much have you interacted with him? What strikes you about him when you when you go to interview someone who's not necessarily in the sports world? Well, with him,
5: what he was a real down-to-earth, normal guy, as normal. As the president of the United States can be, right? But I mean, we had, he, we talked. There were secret. There were Secret Service nearby, but it wasn't. They weren't crowding us. We had a conversation like normal people, and he was, t- you know, he's close with Derek Rose, so we were talking
1: about Derek Rose a lot. So it was it was fun. It was fun to talk to him. I'm sure you're like me. Probably not real nervous doing interviews, but I'd I'd be nervous doing that one. I was
5: nervous, <laughs> very nervous, but it worked. That because he was so conversant in NBA stuff after about 30 seconds it was just like well I'm just talking to this guy about basketball who knows what he's talking about so I don't have to like lead him into a question because he doesn't know anything about the team or the league. So we just went what do you think about the Warriors? Oh it's unbelievable you know so it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun.
1: Speaking of fun, I watched it with my own eyes the other day and I'm not sure quite all the way around 59 points and 20 rebounds from Anthony Davis. Did you did you know it was going on and, and and what did you start to take in? I was flipping back and forth
5: between that game and, and Cleveland, Oklahoma City, and you know when he kept adding to it, you were like, oh, I got to stick with it, stick with it, stick with it. He's got got thirty, he's got forty, you know. So um, it was phenomenal, and I didn't think he, I don't think he forced one shot. It was all in the flow and all necessary for them to win, and that was what was really impressive about it was that. It wasn't like he was stat hunting. I mean, he was just trying to help him win the game, and it, that was really impressive because Drummond really got into him as you saw late in the game, and he made a couple of really tough shots over him. Wow,
1: David, I, I'm I'm too close. I'm with him every day, so my perspective is probably somewhat warped. Yeah. But where do you think the conversation about Anthony Davis is gonna is gonna go? And I'm not just saying because he did 59 and 20 the other night, but you know, as he's now 22 and couple of years into this thing well look i mean
5: i think everybody looks at him and says he's he's probably the one guy along with steph curry that i'd start my team with if i had to start a team today you'd start with one of those two guys that's pretty good <laughs> so i don't think anything has changed with that the record is not where they want it i know but i don't think anybody believes that's because of anthony davis's shortcomings i mean they got to get more talent around him he's a special player and can do special things and can take you somewhere if you put guys
1: around them who can help them. Speaking of special, you've been reporting on this league a long time. Um, where do you put the Golden State Warriors story amongst the teams that you've been able to cover?
5: Well, look, I you know, when even when they were 23-24 and 0, I was like there's no way they're going to catch the Bulls. That's not it's impossible. That can't happen. How can you say now that it's not possible? Of course it's possible the way they've been playing. So it's remarkable. And it's good, it's so good just, not just for the league, but just for people who like basketball, to watch a team that plays basketball with that level of competence and that level of joy. You know, a lot of teams are really good teams, but they don't look like they're having any fun out there at all. (laughs) And the Warriors look like they're not only playing great, but they're having a lot of fun. And they're approachable and personable. And, you know, I'm in the tank for Steve Kerr. I love Steve. I work with him. He's a friend. Um... But you know, starting with Curry and Draymond and all those guys—I mean, it just—it's
1: just fun to watch. Who doesn't like watching them play? Huh? Other than the Warriors, <laughs> with with most teams at about 26, 27 games to go. I mean, in ballpark. Yeah. The the other two or three major storylines that you're going to watch for as we progress now
5: into the spring. Well, Spurs health. Can they keep? You know, Ginobili's out now, and will he be back for the playoffs and ready to go? if they're healthy, I think they have a chance against Golden State. Um, so you always look to them, see if their guys are ready to go. Um, Cleveland still looks, they're still kind of weird. They got talent, and, but it's still kind of funky with love. I'm not sure what's happening there. I'm going to hopefully spend some time with them the next couple of weeks and see. Um, I think they've got a chance, but until they start playing together, I'm not. Sure. They can't be Golden State. If they play together, they would have a chance to be Golden State. We'll stay tuned for that. By the
1: way, congratulations, Hall of Famer David Aldrich How does that sound?
5: It doesn't sound like you're talking about me, but thank you, thank you very much. It's very surreal and very humbling, um, and I'm very th- uh, thankful to the Hall for it. It's an incredible honor.
1: Was it a phone call? Was the was it in person? How did you find out?
5: Well, I got a phone call. Um, a week before All Star, and um, it was not when I was expecting. <laughs> um, I didn't even know that that was being voted on at that time. So like I guess it was a great surprise, and I was taken, blown away by it. And the response from people has been so gracious. And, you know, it's, I mean, I, I'm not, look, it's not false modesty. I know I, I'm, I'm pretty good at this job. I know I'm pretty good at this job, but. TO SAY THAT YOU'RE GOING TO BE PUT IN FOREVER, THAT'S BEYOND MY comprehension RIGHT NOW. IT'S it's REALLY QUITE AN HONOR. IT'S WELL DESERVED. WELL, THANK YOU SO MUCH. I APPRECIATE IT. AND THANK YOU FOR THE VISIT. SURE. ANYTIME.
1: ALL-STAR ELECTRIC IS LIGHTING UP THE FUTURE WITH THE LATEST IN LED LIGHTING.
0: A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Entergy. Thanks to the Internet, anyone can get a show these days.
1: This show's about having great conversations with those uh, related to the Saints and the Pelicans, and I think we accomplished that again today. Thanks again to David Aldridge. Uh, what a fantastic visit to have uh, with him today. Uh, Saints head coach Sean Payton and our own John DeShazer, too, from NewOrleansSaints.com. That's going to do it for our podcast this week. As we mentioned, the Pelicans are back in action tomorrow night. Again, 6 p.m. tip-off at Smoothie King Center uh, between the Pelicans and the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then on Monday, we'll pick back up again in this format from Studio B uh, when we will uh, not only recap what we hope is a uh, Pelicans win and a perfect homestand, we'll also um, take you down a different path on Monday. The Oscars, as you know, is on Sunday night. I'm looking forward to seeing what Chris Rock has to say. I think he's the perfect host for this moment in time for the Academy. And we'll do it a little different twist on things on Monday and discuss uh, sports movies. If you want to weigh in about it, at least uh, whether you're not uh, you want to share what your favorite sports movies are or uh, which ones have impacted your life, why don't you go ahead and tweet me over the weekend at Sean Kelly Live. Uh, and I'll include some of those in our roundtable discussion on Monday regarding sports movies. So we we'll should have a little fun on Monday to get a new week started. And we'll look forward to uh, having you alongside with us. Thanks again for listening to uh, today and always spreading the word about the Black and Blue Report. We'll look forward to uh, a successful end of the Combine for the Saints and all those in the NFL who have to travel this weekend. And, of course, the Pelicans win is what we're hoping for Uh, at the Smoothie King Center. So with that being said, I'm Sean Kelly. Enjoy your weekend. Please, please, please. And we'll just say so long for just a while.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.